Welcome to the On The Job Training Podcast. Man, I almost blew blew everybody's ears out right there. <laughs> Welcome to the On The Job Training Podcast. This is episode number nine, and I am extremely excited about the guests w- that we were able to obtain today. Uh, he is one of my good friends, uh, old friend. Uh, how long have we known each other, man? At least 20 years? At least 20 years? I got... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got at least 15 on here, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm assuming it'd be like more like 20 years, right? Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is Naoki Yoshida. Uh, he's from Shun Japanese Kitchen, um, and they're located at 2802 South Shepherd in Houston, Texas. Uh, first of all, man, congratulations. I, I, I saw you got, um, you were with the mayor uh, a little while back. What, what, what was that about? I apologize for our audio difficulties. Naoki was telling us how he participated on the Bravo TV so television show oh, Top oh, Chef, and Bravo he was one of the Top contestants. Okay, uh, he met with the mayor and was um, acknowledged by him, as well as the other contestants in the Houston area. Please hang in there with us. Um, we were experiencing technical difficulties with the volume um, for the recording. Uh, for the yeah. about the first five six minutes, um, everything is fine after that. Thank you. Um, you spoke about your dad right now. Uh, in in my family, in particular, amongst the cousins, uh, Mr. Yoshida is a, a legend uh, to my generation of kids in the family because uh, for for my family, um, we spent a considerable. They so my aunts had spent a considerable amount of their life in Japan. But for uh, that second generation of cousins, we didn't have that opportunity. There was only a couple of us who were actually even born there. So your dad and that restaurant was kind of the closest thing that we got to an authentic Japanese experience, the cuisine. Uh, And so, uh, yeah, that was really important to us. We still talk about it to this day. Um, tell us a little bit about you, you, you and his relationship uh, right now, and um, how much how, how much do you lean on him, uh, and you running your own space right now? Working there with my dad for over twenty years, it actually you know at the time like I thought it was very difficult or I was stressed out about it. But once I stepped out from those elements into my own different world, it's, it was I, almost like second nature. Like it, exactly. Yeah, that like was I, your training. And I became a lot more humbled that I understood like what it meant to put all that time and effort in. It all came together just just one day. Like I, I get it now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember, if I recall, um, you spent a, a lot of your time working at the restaurant when you weren't were not in school. You were in college studying uh and you would come like uh you spent a lot of time in japan you would go back there uh definitely growing up all my life i would live uh, well not live but uh go there every few months Mm -hmm. during the summertime when there's no school um as i grew up probably in my 18 18 year old um that's when i started you know spending time where i started working at different restaurants so during the summertime, instead of working at my parents' restaurant, two, three years, I would, or sorry, two, three months, I would either work, travel in Japan or work in California, Chicago. Oh, wow. Um, even Florida to where kind of I can get t- base ideas of different flavor all over America. Yeah, yeah. And this is something that you had the idea that you wanted to do. Exactly. Yeah. I, I wanted to be a restaurant owner since I was 12 year old. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. I saw my dad um, growing up and... 
I just wanted to do, I knew I couldn't do what he did, you know, like where he had the traditional Japanese cuisine. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wanted to do something kind of like my own flair to it one day. Yeah. And that's what it is now. Wow, that's awesome, man. Like I said, uh, I remember we kind of go off to the side and uh, you would maybe sneak me a little something that you had uh, came up with, you know, yeah. different recipe and be like, hey, man, check this out, taste this and let me know what you think. And everything you gave me was amazing. Thank you. you know, <laughs> uh, I still have those flavors in my mouth. Like I, I, I crave it, you know, from time to at least four times a year. I'm like, man, I, I want a Nauki roll, <laughs> you know, from back in the day. Uh, and and my, my family talks about it. So, um, yeah, I, re- I remember those times, man. And it just makes perfect sense. Like that was your training for all of this. And I, I didn't know that you traveled around. Uh, so who, who were some of your biggest... Um, culinary influences as you uh, navigated all of that. Who who what, who influenced you the most? Um, this every single place I went to. That's that's the hard part. That's the hard question. Um, in Japan, I worked at a restaurant that supported uh, three hundred guests. So mm-hmm. every day, I would peel close to six six hundred pieces of shrimp, or they would never allow me to cut sushi or anything like that. I just mainly clean dishes, cut vegetables, peel shrimp, and I hated it for three months. Yeah, but once I came back to America, I was like surprised how fast and how much better I've gotten over it. Again, you're training exactly. Just <laughs> wow. Each thing, each summer that I spent, as harsh as it was, um, instead of like hanging out with friends, I would just be working and just eventually paid off. Yeah. Wow. Um, things that. Um, Talk to me about, well, you, you had those experience, experiences at other restaurants. Talk to me about some of the things that um, regular people wouldn't know uh, in regards to being a sushi chef. Like, how difficult is it? Like you said, they, they wouldn't even let you do certain things, although you had the experience in, in other places. How difficult is it to, to master that technique of becoming a, an artisan in, the, in that area? It, it, that's a very difficult question. I mean, in Japan, uh, you're not allowed to touch fish after at least minimum three to five years of training. Uh, so the first one to three years, all you're doing is cleaning rice, cleaning dishes, just monitoring and trying to observe as much information as you can uh, mm. with your eyes. Um, in America, you can have a few months of training and they can call you a chef. So the, the standards mm. of different countries are very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's your outlook on that, you being on both sides, um, you seeing it from both sides of the fence? Um, do you feel that the, the wait time, I guess the waiting period is uh, necessary? It is very necessary, um, especially trying to grow the patience is what helps, I would say, develop a chef and also a business owner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having a business every day is very stressful. Yeah. Um, but there's also a reason why Japan holds the most amount of Michelin star restaurants in the world. Yeah. So. Because of that dedication to the craft. Exactly. Yeah, they take no shortcuts. No, they do not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, talk to me about the name of your restaurant uh, and the meaning behind that. Uh, so Shin in Japanese means peak of season. So Japan is all about seasonal food. There's nothing that is served on the menu every day, same thing. Um, so 
that's something I wanted to bring to Houston. One of the first Japanese second generation um, Jap seasonal restaurants. So every month we would actually change close to about 40 to 60% of the menu yeah. uh, to bring in new seasonal product, protein, vegetables, local ingredients, or even collaboration with different chefs. Oh, wow. Um, how does that work when you collab with, an, an, with another chef? That's where it gets fun because every chef has something new to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will learn different techniques or different ways to you know, cook or even cut vegetables or things like that from different chefs. Yeah. Um, and it will work, work vice versa. So there's always room to grow. And that's why I also like working with a lot of the local chefs in Houston. Yeah. So what is this? You learn the technique and you apply it in your restaurant? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and vice versa. They'll learn something from you and apply it in theirs. Exactly. Oh, wow. Wow. So you you kind of notate this on, on the on the menu? like. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, definitely. Get... Like, I have, I would say, like four books of different recipes. Um, in three years, we've probably created over 100 new recipes. Wow. Um, Tell me about the, the, the process of you coming up with uh, not only uh, a specific recipe, but how you lay out your menu if you're, you're changing it so often. Um, it's really what I want to eat. That's what it comes down to. What, uh, what you would want to eat. What I want to eat, yeah. how I want to eat it, yeah. with my... The flavor with how with my eyes everything mm-hmm. so it's just combining like things that i've eaten over since i was a kid growing up or seeing at other restaurants or places where i was like you know i want to eat that every day yeah but i want to put my little bit flair to it include incorporating a lot of japanese cuisine techniques things like that yeah. um and try to use the most of i can with the seasonal vegetables yeah um just to create something interesting yeah, man, you got uh, you had a short rib that was amazing on the menu. Uh, it blew my mind. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I could eat every day. Um, have you ever had to to pull an item off the menu because uh, either it didn't work or or maybe it was even too popular that you like everybody's coming in order and the same thing like we can't we can't keep up. Is that has that become an issue? There's been issues where, well, actually, yeah. I mean, there's been times where maybe we test out thing, new product or new menu item for two weeks and kind of see how it goes. Every day we ask questions to customers. It says, like, how do you feel? What do you want? Uh, as in, like, flavor, spicy, you know, sweeter, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we try to do whatever we can to tweak it. And if it doesn't work, then we just take it off and bring something in stronger. Yeah. Well, um, what's your favorite part of, the job how and how stressful is it um you overseeing like every aspect of the job it's very stressful so imagine that one person comes to you with a problem mm-hmm. now imagine you have 20 staff that comes to you with their personal problems someone mm-hmm. may be late because uh they're sick or someone had a family issue mm-hmm. it can be a lot of things um but no matter what at the end of the day Customers don't want to hear those excuses. So I still have to make sure that every, all the operation runs as smooth as possible, mm-hmm. even while I'm physically you know, working and uh, making the sushi, making sure the food in the kitchen, even all the way from bartender, dishwasher, hostess, everything is organized, ready to operate. Yeah. You're, you're playing a lot of roles. Um, 
in that in that uh in that aspect because you're like you said um you have a, a business to run uh but you're also uh some people may need advice they're going through something personal they have to work through that exactly um so you're almost like a a, a father figure or a big brother in that aspect uh, an overseer, yeah. Like, you, there's a lot of hats, different hats that you have to wear, and I can ma- I can imagine how stressful uh, that could be. Like, how how mentally uh, exhausted are you at the end of a night? Is it that I made it through this day? You know, and like that that that's done. Like, that, is that is that part of it? You just want to, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I'll say working at the sushi bar sometimes is like being a therapist. You know, some people have you know, no matter what, you have to, you're standing there making the food. Mm-hmm. Your job is to make sure to produce the best food that you can while also entertaining the customers. Mm-hmm. Some people have good days, some people have bad days. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we're all human, right? Yeah. If there's someone in front of you willing to listen, you know, that's kind of what we're there, there for, too. Yeah. Um, so definitely, either, even just, not just an entertainer, but also, I would say, Almost like a therapist, essentially. Yeah, it's kind of weird to say it like that, yeah. but um, I've seen you, you. I've seen you do it. I've seen your father do it. Um, people will. I know they. They have to be full. They've been sitting there three hours. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, but 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 they want to continue having the conversation and have that outlet that they'll just keep ordering food. You know, they'll pay for you for you 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 something to drink, or they'll pay for you something to eat. Like, hey, just just talk to me for this. Uh, for for a few more minutes, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, a lot of people are fighting for your time. But I, I would say definitely a lot of also friendships are built also being at the sushi bar. Yeah, um, you know, even you, your family. Yeah, um, there's a lot of other friends that I've created. You know, just because I work at the sushi bar. Yeah. I mean, not in. It just, it's just the way how things work, right? Like no matter what, we're all humans. We all have our good day, bad days, and we just want to be heard. Yeah. Right. Even I sometimes want to maybe vent to you. Yeah. Or yeah. you know, someone that I know. Yeah. Yeah. And I could back even back then when we were younger, I was like, Man, this this dude looks like he's a little stressed out. But <laughs> I, I am receptive of that. Uh and I I enjoy it, man. Cause I, and we helped each other. We bounce yeah. stuff off each other all the time. Uh and that's important, man. Honestly, that's what this life is about. Because at the end of the day, all your success in the cars and the house and the bit we we we're not taking any of that with us, man. But yeah. what we are taking is how we made other people feel and the relationships that we built along the way. We yeah. take those with us. Um, talk to me about um, so some of you, what what's been your uh, favorite experience? Uh, while you've been working in your restaurant uh, up until this point? Freedom. That, that's literally it. So what I mean by that is now I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. So right now I have about five companies that mm-hmm. I've created. Yeah. Where, you know, if you were to work for someone, it's kind of hard to do that, but wouldn't, you know, with the, just support of the community, support with people like that, and mm-hmm. just like things that I, I feel like I can, I know the understand the market very well, mm-hmm. especially in the, from the food perspective that I can just. So I mean, like essentially, so right now I have Shin Japanese Kitchen. Mm-hmm. I have a lunch program called Hakko Bento Box. Okay. My biggest thing right now is the Tokyo Night Festival. 
Uh, you, you, that's yours. That's, this is my creation with my team. <laughs> Not oh, just by wow. myself, but, yeah. you know, it's something that was starting in a parking lot, but ended up being at a bigger venue. This yeah. year, we decided to do even 10 times bigger place. Wow. Um, and just two more other projects on the work, too. Okay, well, talk to me a little bit about this. Um, what, what all does that entail? Is it something that you guys do uh, only a couple times a year, or so these are events? This is one time a year, okay. um, and main focus is to bring the Japanese culture to Houston. Um, what I mean by that is, so what's very different about this one is that we, I actually curate with all the local chefs in Houston mm-hmm. um, something that is Japanese-themed. Yeah. So whether they usually have it on their menu or not, it doesn't matter. If you want to come in, it's like, let's do something that's Japanese. Yeah. Like I had one uh, place, you know, um, Click Virtual Food, you know, one of my close friends. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't serve hot dogs or anything like that. But I was like, hey, if you want to get in, let's do Japanese hot dogs. Yeah. I'm like, make it some Japanese flavor, takoyaki, put some Japanese sauces on it, whatever you want. You know, let's do that. Yeah. He sold out instantly. Yeah. Um, so it's just things like that. We make it fun where that's very different. Getting people who are, were not, uh, necessarily a part of Japanese culture integrated with the exactly. Japanese culture. Yeah. So it's like, if you want to be in, let's do something Japanese, mm-hmm. right? Instead of you just showing up with your vendor or with your booth and then just serving what you usually do. Yeah. Right. Let's become part of the festival. Yeah. Yeah. You can, that's easy for one day oh, yeah. and you'd be surprised. Days. No, I mean, for uh, anybody who's coming in, oh. yeah, you, you can do that for one day. You can switch it up and, and, and get a new uh, customer base, honestly. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, wow. That's huge, man. That's exciting. I, I got to come through. When's the next one? The next one, November 11, uh, we are expecting about close to about 50,000 people. 50,000? 50, oh, yeah. It's a three-acre lot. <laughs> hey, you're amazing, man. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah, but that's what you talk about as far as uh, that that freedom aspect. These are things that you want to do. Exactly. It's hey. either go big or go home, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna start calling you Japanese <laughs> ja- Japanese Joe Rogan, man. Nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I ask. Uh, well, there's been four of my guests uh, who. Um, actually work at the the post office with with their spouse um and one uh who owns a, a juice bar with her spouse uh talk to me about working with your wife uh, i want you to be real man <laughs> no, no. um the first year was definitely rough yeah um it took definitely it took well, time for yeah. both of us to understand each other's goal in the business to kind of be say see the same thing with each other's eyes all right, tell me about some of the, where that be, became an issue and how you guys worked through that. There was definitely a lot of argument every day, um, but my wife is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was willing to definitely stick up with a lot of my you know, problems, issues, stress related to the restaurant, willing to understand and willing to also adapt. Mm-hmm. So that's what saved, I would say, even our relationship. You know, yeah. that we both were learning new things to adapt for the restaurant, for the business, essentially. Yeah. You know, it's like having a new kid, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and yeah, um, people's parenting skills are maybe different, but for the, the, on behalf of the child, you need to come together. Exactly. And, and that was the same thing that you guys did. Exactly. 
Man, that's awesome, man. Um, how who's more patient in, in that regard? Oh, my wife. Yeah, definitely my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and honestly, they 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 the women are always a little bit more uh, understanding when when it comes to that. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, here, uh, let's get into some stuff that um, people wouldn't necessarily know um, about. Um, I guess being a restaurateur, uh, one of the questions that I have always been curious about is the the fish auctions. Uh, do you participate in those, and and why in the hell is tuna so expensive? Okay, so especially in Houston, no one does the fish auctions. There is no such thing. Everyone thing is so in other places, especially that have large ports like New York, California. Or even Florida. Mm -hmm. Those are places that do usually have the possibilities. Uh, so what you usually see in the movie, especially for Houston, that doesn't really occur. Um, now, usually all the f fish placements are usually placed either over the phone or, you know, through a salesperson or uh, made online. And are they going through that process for you on the other end? Yeah. So, like, I, I, most of my fish right now I order through online and mm -hmm. I order through Japan and comes to Houston in three days. Wow. Um, but... Because Japan is so strict about food and uh, fish inspections, mm -hmm. that's something I can always trust. Yeah. That the quality will always be there. Most definitely. Wow. Um, and, and why is the fish so expensive? Right now, especially, is import costs. The logistics of import. Okay. Because um, I've heard stories, I've read stories that these fish go for upwards $3 million. Three million bucks. Oh, the tuna, yes. So those are because you're paying for the age. So a tuna that is five years old, 20 years old. The more older they are, the usually the bigger they are. Okay. Right? But at the same time, that's you're paying for the life that you're taking away from it. So essentially, is that that's the way that the sushi industry is valued. That everything in the Japanese cuisine has a life. Everything has a value. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, if someone's putting the time and effort in, then that's something that it should be properly compensated. Wow. Like you see bonsai trees going for millions of dollars that are 50, maybe 50 years old, even 100 years old. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> you're teaching me something new, man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, here, let, let, let's talk about something that, uh, is probably going to be stupid to you, but, uh, talk to me about, uh, the, the, the puffer fish. Is, is that fact or fiction? Half and half. So you can go to Japan. They have actually farm raised, uh, puffer fish that are actually controlled, uh, they they control the poison levels. I mean, it's so you you can even go to a convenience store in Japan, and get actual puffer fish and eat it raw and be okay. Oh wow! Because they've been bred to kind of eliminate that. Exactly. Yeah. But there are ones that are wild caught that are poisonous. Uh, real professional, I would say, restauranters that actually do it. You actually have to have a license. Okay. And, have and you performed this before? No. So it takes about anywhere from seven to ten years to get that permit. So tell me, tell me about the the process. Have you eaten it? Yes, I have. Okay, tell tell me about why, uh, how why this is so dangerous. Uh, the the process of you becoming certified to to do this, and um, just your experience with, with with eating it and and what it tastes like. So for me, eating it, I ate it. It was very good. Um, 
is it something I would pay a lot of money for? No. Okay. Um, it's good. It's like, hey, I ate a puffer fish. I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the reason why it's so challenging is because it's, you're, get, you're becoming a doctor. You're getting a license to permit, essentially, to possibly kill somebody. Yeah. So you have to invest that time to be properly trained to make sure that you're probably doing the process to where you, essentially you don't take someone else's life. Yeah, most definitely. Um, there are very high in restaurants. They actually purposely put poison in some of the sauces so you can actually get a natural... Immunity. Uh, uh, not immunity, the, but actually the venom. E- euphoria while you're oh. eating. So you're maybe close to death in, maybe a, in a, little a way. Bit. Yeah. I haven't personally had that. I'm not ballsy to do that but um, <laughs> i've heard many stories about that and what's the price on something like that that an experience that if you want to eat 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 that is it uh typically anywhere from three to five hundred dollars wow and they typically they don't do this here in the u.s do no they? no no okay uh, i mean japan for sure i don't know how many out, other countries outside of japan um but united states not that i know of yeah wow um what are the, some of the things that you like to do outside of the restaurant um, just to unwind or relax uh, like on, on a day off? Man, like, like um, get away from the job. What are some of the things that Naoki like, likes to do? Man, that's tough. Um, I honestly spend time with my wife. Yeah? Um, me and her work almost six days a week, and... That there's that one day a week that we can actually spend time with each other. Mm-hmm. And on uh, those days, you don't talk about the business, man. You just no, we, kinda... we, we still do. Yeah. <laughs> and we still have to yeah. fight with each other about it a little bit. But, you know, we still, at the end of the day, we remember that we have to spend time with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, out of those five um, businesses that you said you had outside of Shun, um, are there any more plans to open up another restaurant here in the city? No, not at the moment. Um, yeah, definitely not. Well, I mean, we're looking for a brick and mortar for the Bento Box company. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the other moment, no, there's no other expansion. There's too many projects right now going on at the moment. Yeah. Uh, talk, talk to me about the Bento Box. You said those are lunches? Those are during lunches. Uh, right now, we throw we actually sell it through Shin during the lunchtime, okay. 11, 11 to 2 o'clock. And... Um, it's just a concept. Me and one of my other business partner, his name is Yusuke. Um, mm-hmm. He used to own a company called Power by Rice. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the first Japanese souffle pancakes in Houston. Yeah. And you know we were old friends. We just met up one day again. It's like, hey, let's during COVID actually yeah. we're like let's do something different that you know to go is very popular right now. Everyone's getting used to using Uber Eats. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. And I was like. This is a bento box company I've always wanted to try to do, but I never had the manpower to do it. You know, do you want to do it together? Yeah. And we just teamed up and it's been going on since then, almost a year and a half now. Man, I'm glad that you have su- success in a lot, of the, a lot of these collaborations that you do, man. It's difficult to find somebody uh, who's not only uh, as passionate as you are, but as dedicated uh, to, to getting it done, you know? so That yeah. is very true. I mean, he's put up a lot of my BS also. Yeah. And... Uh, He's stressed every day, but I told him, you know, that's part of the business. Oh, okay. Well, shout out to him. Uh, Powered by Rice. I think I've seen, like, bumper stickers. Oh, yeah. Does he have a lot of stickers around the city that, that I, say that? I don't know. I know he likes stickers. Okay. All right. I, I want to <laughs> say I've seen them on cars and around the city. Um, 
I want to take this time out right now to to honor uh, the mothers in our lives, man. Um, I know that we spoke a lot about your dad, uh, but one of the first faces that you see when you would come into uh, your parents' restaurant was your mom. Mm -hmm. um, it's a beautiful woman, by the way, uh, outside and inside. Um, talk to me about you guys' relationship. Definitely, like, me and my mom are not as close as me and my dad. You know, I would always be working next to my dad all the time, every day, so mm -hmm. me and him have a different relationship. For my mom, is more like, I would say, growing up, she was kind of like the, always, like, the perfect housemate. Mm -hmm. uh, she would always take me to different like camps and schools and always be at home no matter what to make time to make sure to feed us. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but as, as I grew up older, I would say that I spent a lot more time at the restaurant. So mm -hmm. half my, well, I would say until my teens, I relied a lot more on my mom, but then as I grew up, I relied more on my dad. Yeah. Um, so I just, lately more, I would say I don't have too much of a strong relationship. Okay, um, I, I'm gonna take this time out right now because um, I want to kind of, I guess, kind of get a little personal because me and my mother, um, kind of growing up, uh, we never really had, uh, of course, you know, I love my mom to death, but right. we weren't necessarily, I, I don't know that she's uh, the most maternal person. Um, she did everything for me. Uh, I recall us, you know, this woman sacrificed her whole life, uh, to raise me. And, um, but I guess at a certain point, you know, when someone's working a lot, uh, it can be difficult to, to make that connection because she was so busy working that I was kind of like left to my own devices a lot of times, you know, and, um, me being a teenager, and, and, and pretty wild. Uh, we kind of grew apart. I had a kid really young. Uh, and from that, that point, I kind of became my own man. And that's yeah. while I'm still a kid. But you, I, would, you, I would definitely you, say yeah. we became, I feel like we had to become adults a lot faster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Especially our generation, it feels like. Yes, for sure. Yeah, because our, with our generation, we... Like it was like you turn eighteen, you gotta go. Now, now I see like, yeah, <laughs> these if, kids. If you want a car, start paying yeah, bills at home, and they're thirty-five, <laughs> forty years old, still living with their parents. Um, but I did want to take this time to uh, to to tell my mother that I love her so very much. Um, she's going through some health health issues right now, and she's the strongest person I, I know. Um, when the, when the chips are down, like she she's. Not only there for everybody else, but she finds a, the fortitude to kind of lift herself up and say, "I'm, I'm gonna be good." Man, you know. To hear that, man. Oh no, yeah, no, no, man. Mom's awesome. Yeah, she she really is, um, and I'm I'm glad to say I will never ever give up. You know, on our relationship or trying to uh, make things um, the best that they could be. So you know, I know we've been through our uh, back and forth, and you know, I'm not. Uh, I wasn't, you know, I've changed a lot. I've grown a lot. And so uh, I just want to take this time out to honor her. Um, and also to honor my uh, fiance, who is the best mother uh, I've ever seen in my life. And it was one of the things that attracted me to her in the first place. Um, you know, she's the type of person, like, if you live under her roof, 
like you are her priority you know that's she gives her life uh to that um and she's helping me out with my daughter now um she raised her sister since she was 12 uh so happy mother's day to those people and mother's day to your um your your mother as well no, same thing. Are, are you are you a father now? No, 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 not not yet. I mean, I'm still babysitting twenty kids at the restaurant. Twenty. <laughs> <laughs> so, any plans for that in uh, in the future? Definitely, me and my wife want one kids. Uh, yeah, wow. We are looking for the perfect time, even though we know there's no such thing. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, this has been an honor, man, for me to get to sit down with you today, man. Because, uh, like I said, I love you, man. You're my brother. No, thank yeah. you, thank you. And I'm happy for all your uh, success. Uh, man, We, I'm going to definitely be in touch, man. You are family, man, on this show. So anytime you want to come in, give me any reads, man, I'm, I'm going to promote the show. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm going to promote your business uh, every chance I get, man, and anything no, that you do. The, you. The, the event, the festival, um, I'm, I'm excited to go to that, man, because I have uh, my sister and her, uh, her and her boyfriend are anime freaks man so oh, man, yeah be crazy yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm excited man hey today was a pleasure man no, uh, thank you very much for yeah. your time i love you brother no thank All you We here at the On The Job Training Podcast want the show to be as interactive as possible. So if you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, have any questions, comments, critiques, or simply want us to give you a shout out, you can hit us up on Twitter at OnTheJobPod, message us on Instagram at OnTheJobTrainingPod, or email us.